Okay, well, good to see you out this morning. We've been talking for this last couple of Sundays about the peace approach that Jesus initiated for facing down the global giants caused by sin. And in week one, uh, we dealt with the problems in the neighborhood. Last Sunday, we looked at the solutions for the neighborhood. And today, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts full-time peace approach God has given us here at Centennial. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to quickly review the solutions for the evil global giants. And these we covered last Sunday. They're also in your little booklet. Um, and here they go. For the giant of spiritual emptiness, preach the gospel of peace, promote reconciliation, and plant churches that are grounded on biblical purposes. Uh, for the giant of self-serving leadership, equip servant leaders to equip other servant leaders. For the giant of poverty, assist the poor. For the giant of pandemic disease, care for the sick. And for the giant of illiteracy, educate the next generation. So we talked about those last week. Now when Jesus was moments from leaving his disciples to do their commission work, he gave them an important set of instructions. And I want to look at those this morning in Acts chapter 1, if you'll turn over there. Acts chapter 1, and Acts is a wonderful uh, book for our study, and I hope that you will really get acquainted with the book of Acts and find out uh, what happened in the early churches as they turned the world upside down for Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Now, here's what's incredible about this mandate. This mandate was a completely new approach for Jesus' disciples. They had previously focused all of their attention on Israel only. Uh, they had been sent out two by two with clear instructions. And up to this time, they'd only gone to the communities within their own borders. And now, before returning to heaven, before ascending... Jesus was opening the disciple-making process to the entire world. And he wants every member of every local church to be on mission. We said last Sunday that we're ordinary people, empowered by God, doing what Jesus did wherever we are. Ordinary people, empowered by God, doing what Jesus did wherever we are. And Jesus revealed to his disciples a pattern for global evangelization. Global evangelization. Uh, they were going to be reaching Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth all at the same time. Okay, so this was a simultaneous mandate. Yeah, even though it started out as a progressive mandate. It started at a centralized point and then extended until it reached the ends of the earth. But now it's going to happen simultaneously. It's going to happen all at once. And uh, I was trying to figure out a way uh, to connect how we could understand simultaneous. And I tried it in first service. And uh, I don't know, it just kind of didn't go real well. But I'll, I'll talk to you about it again, see if you guys are a little more in tune with this. Uh, how many, did anybody know how many systems there are in the human body? So I have kind of a trivia question here. A lot? Okay, he's, they're saying a lot. So, I don't know. Somebody told me 13. And I don't know if we should go and name them all right now. Uh, 
you guys want to go name them right now? Oh, okay. This is a muscular, skeletal, yeah, circulatory, digestive. You, how are you guys are getting hungry, right? Digestive. Uh, the integumentary system, that's your skin, right? What's your gland system called? What is it? The endocrine system. The pituitary is definitely one of the glands, though. It's the master gland. So see, you're right on. I like that. It's very good. You guys are doing great. If this was a biology class, you would be A+. plus. Well, I don't know. Be A+, plus, but maybe at least C, okay? Um, but here's the thing. Your body has all systems working simultaneously. Isn't that cool? And you're not even thinking about it, right? There's some of the systems in your body that are working for you right now that you don't even know the names of. That's pretty cool, right? 75 trillion cells working together to do what God made your body to do. And if your circulatory system had to shut down for you to be able to eat, that wouldn't work out really well for eating, right? If your respiratory system had to shut down for your glands to work, you couldn't breathe while your glands did their job. God made it where everything worked together. And here's what's amazing. He made it also where everything works together in churches throughout the world. Uh, in the book of Acts, the Jerusalem church grew immediately and quickly and expanded out into Judea and Samaria. Within a couple years of the resurrection, a guy named Saul of Tarsus meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And uh, Jesus calls his name Paul, and he's called to be a missionary to the uttermost. Eight years after the resurrection, Peter uh, has this vision uh, on top of a rooftop, and God tells him, you go to Caesarea, and there's going to be this guy there named Cornelius. He's an Italian centurion, and Peter goes and gives him the gospel. The, the next year, a church is founded in Syria in the city of Antioch, and two years later, that church sends out the first global missionaries. And here's the thing. Within 11 years of the resurrection of Jesus, it was all systems go all at once, right? And ever since then, uh, the local churches have been going out into the regions beyond at the same time that they're going out to, to their region and to their personal area. Uh, and so we, we want that to be kind of a, our program and our motto as we look at what Jesus did. It's still our job to reach Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost simultaneously. And each local church has its own Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And we have our own communities to reach, as well as the furthest parts of the earth. God empowers us to enact the peace approach of Jesus in three distinct areas all at the same time. And so we've been given this model to go by. Here's what it looks like in your notes. And we're going to hit the big points real quick in your notes, and then we're going to come back and cover them, okay? Yeah, so Jerusalem portrays a personal peace approach. A personal peace approach, starting with the people closest to us, our family, members, uh, neighbors, friends, co-workers, acquaintances. If we aren't living out the Great Commission on a personal level, we'll never reach people across the world. And it starts with personal evangelism. We're going to break that down this morning. Uh, Judea Samaria portrays a local peace approach. 
Okay, Judea is reaching the people from our community and surrounding communities who are in our people group. Samaria is reaching the people in our communities who are in other people groups. And we're going to look at the approach for that as well. And then we have the uttermost part of the earth. And the uttermost portrays a global peace approach. Going to the regions beyond with the gospel. God has opened doors in this modern time for us to reach further than we've ever reached before. I mentioned last week this cool website, peoplegroups.org. And uh, on there it says that there are still over 7,000 unreached people groups. And uh, that means that less than 2% of the group has been reached with the gospel. Out of that number, though, there are over 3,000 people groups who are completely unengaged with the gospel. They have no scripture in their language, no gospel witness to their people. And so we've got a lot of work to do. And we're going to take uh, the remainder of the message this morning and break down exactly what God wants us to do as a people in a personal peace approach, local peace approach, and finally, a global peace approach. So I want you to get buckled in, okay, because we're going to cover a lot of stuff, and uh, maybe 30 to 40% of it, the Holy Spirit's just going to bring it straight into you personally, into your heart, and the rest is going to be for somebody else. And so not every single thing we talk about is going to be for you, but I guarantee you, if you're a Jesus follower, something in here is going to be for you. Okay, and I'll tell you this, if nothing in here is for you, you're not a Jesus follower. Okay, so, so we may have to talk about that at the end, uh, but we're going we're gonna to lock in now. So let's talk about missions, and sometimes the first thought is, when we talk about missions, well, that's what we pay other people to do, people like the Johnsons. Remember this, Jesus has called all of us to follow him and become fishers of men. And he's called all of us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Uh, and so global missions uh, and giving to it is still part, a great part and a huge part of a missions mindset. But we also need to move toward investing our own lives personally, locally, and globally. And, and for practical purposes, let's cover the intentional crawl, walk, and run steps that we can take part in uh, in the peace approach. So let's start with a personal peace plan. Uh, why does God allow our lives to intersect with other people? That's a question that we always should ask. Uh, why is this person sitting next to me at the dentist's office, right? Why did I meet this person at the auto parts store? It's because he wants us to shine his lights to the world. Uh, he wants us to shine our lights before men, he said in Matthew 5, so that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. And, and so this is one of the walk or the, the crawl steps as we get going is to consider how can we connect with the people around us. Uh, let me talk you through these crawl steps, right? Tonight at the peace banquet, grab one of these sheets. It says my personal peace plan, and it's got all the check marks for you, and you can keep that. In a couple of Sundays, we have class 101, Discovering Church Membership. It's on December 2nd. Uh, that night, we're also offering class 201, if you've never taken that class before, Discovering Christian Maturity. And you can sign up for those online, or you can grab one of the cards and sign up at the peace table tonight, personal peace. Uh, the next step that's in your notes, and, and let's talk about it for a second, is participating in a small group. When you're in a small group, you're going to be around other Christians 
who want to reach their friends and their loved ones. And it's going to rub off on you. There's going to be some accountability. There's going to be enthusiasm toward evangelism. Uh, how about invite someone to come to church with you? This is just a beginner step. Uh, you don't have to know everything to do that. You know, 82% of unchurched people say that they would come to church if a friend invited them. 82%. Here's the problem, though. Only 2% of evangelical Christians invite someone to church each year. So 82% of your friends said they'd come, but only 2% invited somebody. And to be a witness for Christ, we have to get into this biblical process. we got to crawl. Uh, in John 1, Philip invited his friend Nathaniel to come and see Jesus. He didn't know much, but he knew someone who did. And he introduced his friend to Jesus. Let's talk about the walk step. Uh, walk steps are these. Take class 301, Discovering Church Ministry. This class helps you find out your spiritual DNA that God has given to you. You are physically, fearfully, and wonderfully made. We talked about that. You've got all these things going that you don't even know about. But you're also spiritually wonderfully made for God. Take class 401, Discovering My Life Mission. Yeah, this is a class where you get the tools to reach other people for Christ. You get to learn some methods of evangelization and to get to express your testimony. Uh, and then begin hosting a small group. Uh, you don't have to be a spiritual expert to host a small group. You just have to have a heart for people. And you just have to open your home or find a location to meet. You have to serve a refreshment or set a schedule for others in the group to do that. And you have to be able to turn on a live stream or a DVD. Uh, even if you don't become a small group host, you could lead your small group to do an evangelism course which would be helpful to everyone in the group. Uh, let me mention one that's not in your notes, okay? Uh, foster parenting and adoption. What you initially consider a service or a ministry to other kids and other families will actually be a gift to you. There are very few ways to impact lives better than foster care and adoption. Uh, here are some pictures of our buddy Titus. Uh, he was our foster child for five months earlier this year, and he still gets to come and visit us once a month. And in fact, he's here this morning. And so I thought he'd come up and say hi to me for a second. This is Titus, everybody. And we don't know how sleepy he is or how hungry he is, but he's here. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Come see me for a minute. Hi. How you going? You don't want to see me. Yeah, I'd turn away too. I, I, want, I want to do that every Sunday, my man. But I got to talk to him. Isn't it good to see him? Yeah. If you'd pray with us. Uh, lost my ear. I did it in first service too. And they won the trivia prize. They knew the guy who Peter cut off his ear with the sword. Anybody know his name in here? Well, okay, I guess you have to look it up. First service got it. It's a trivia question. Pray for Titus, if you would. Uh, what we pray for him about every day is that he will know Jesus as his Savior. And that he'll be in a situation where he has the opportunity to do that. But you know, we're also praying for his birth mom and her family to know the Lord. And, uh, and foster care and adoption are such a unique opportunity because you are shaping 
the very lives of people uh, with a huge investment of time. And so it's a huge blessing for us. Good to see you, buddy. You want to give me a kiss? No. He's, he's eyeing these guys over here. I don't know. It's, is it Joe that's scaring him or who it is over there? No. Okay, buddy. We'll see you later. Yeah. Now he's crying because he wants me. See? See how that goes? All right. Uh, another thing that you can do in personal feast is host your own Matthew party. Uh, and this is a get-together to build relationships with people around you in your neighborhood or co-workers, uh, like a picnic or game night, neighbor's night, uh, Super Bowl party, Christmas party. Tonight at the personal feast table, there's going to be some tips on hosting your own Matthew party. And uh, stop by and talk with us about how you can be a witness in your personal community. And I hope you'll do that. Let's talk about the run steps. Okay, so we did crawl. We did walk, now we do run. And a run is take class 501. And we call this uh, here continue. So class 501, and you do it with a life coach or a discipler. We often call this discipleship. Here's one of the crazy things out there. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who want to do the first part of the Great Commission, but they forget that there's more than the first part. Right? We're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, but we're also supposed to teach them to observe all things. And so discipleship is crucial. We need to reach people for Christ, but we need to guide them on the path of Christianity. Okay? We don't want to leave orphans out there uh, who have no direction in life. And so life coaching is a huge part of development. And you can check out the continued curriculum tonight at the banquet. And we'll set you up with your own life coach if you're willing to sign up for that. And that's the next step. Become a life coach. Uh, after you've taken the course yourself, you are equipped to begin coaching others for the rest of your life. And it's crazy to think about the multiplication that takes place when one person disciples somebody and then that person goes and disciples somebody else and that person goes and disciples somebody else. It just gets huge. And it's all to the glory of God, and it's keeping the Great Commission, and it's beyond our imagination, and it's beyond what we could think or expect because our Savior is so good. And, and so I hope you'll consider that. Another thing is uh, do a one-on-one -on -one study with a seeker. This is an incredible way to reach people uh, that you know for Christ, and especially in this postmodern age. There are people all around us every day who are searching and sometimes they're confused by what they've heard and uh, what they have known about Christians or they're filled with questions about origins and purpose and God in general. And I personally recommend this book, What on Earth Am I Here For? It helps answers all, uh, answer all life's big questions and it, it helps to reach people with truth. It's a great starting place. Then lead a seeker small group. So this is when you get more than one person who's searching for Christ. You get two or three, and you go through a gospel presentation course. You build relationships. You set the stage for becoming a life coach for more than one person. And we're going to have more information on all these steps tonight uh, on the personal peace plan at our banquet. Uh, by the way, tonight, if you want to know more about foster parenting and adoption, we have a sheet on that. 
as well. Let's talk about the local peace plan. Local peace plan. Here are the crawl steps. Okay, the crawl steps. Volunteer personally or with your small group in a local outreach opportunity. Get together and serve God by serving others. And I'll give you a few examples. Uh, we have some weekday outreach ministries here at Centennial. Uh, Centennial Baptist School Elementary we, is more of an outreach. High school is more uh, of shepherding. Centennial Children's Center, though, is completely an outreach to our community. And uh, by the way, if you think about it this afternoon, grab some canned food and some boxed food, maybe even a turkey, and bring it to the banquet tonight. Centennial Children's Center is reaching out this week to needy families with Thanksgiving baskets. And they're going to connect them with, uh, with the love of Christ and with uh, this church. And you can be a part of this outreach. If you don't have anything around your house or if you don't have time to stop by the store, come over and hand 20 or $25 to the person there just to go toward the baskets. Uh, I already mentioned, though, seeker small groups that you can do on your own or with other believers. This is a great outreach opportunity. We also have a neighborhood outreach team here at Centennial, and these folks go out every week into the neighborhoods, and they go to events, and they invite people to church. More, than people they invite, uh, more importantly, they invite people to Jesus. They'll have a table tonight at the banquet. Uh, they have a big event coming up, uh, the Nightlight Parade here in Caldwell, where they'll be handing out thousands and thousands of tracts. If you'd like to give toward that tonight, you know, just $10 can buy a, a, like 100 tracks or 200 tracks, nice tracks. Uh, just stop by their table tonight and find out more about how you can give toward that and how you can go out into the community. And so those are just some local things. Uh, some of our folks volunteer at Love, Inc. in Nampa and help there. Uh, or you can give toward local outreach projects like the food drive I mentioned a second ago. You could also become part of a serve team here at Centennial and reach the community through already existing church ministries. Let's talk about the walk steps, okay? So we did crawl, now let's do walk. Uh, lead a team or group in a local mission project. Okay, so you're the leader. You spearhead this thing. You come up with an idea about doing a serve project or an evangelism project. And maybe your group uh, could serve a meal together at the Lighthouse Rescue Mission. Uh, maybe your group could volunteer at Lifeline Pregnancy Center. Maybe your group could go grab a bunch of hot dogs and buns and go to a trailer park and, and just have a cookout with them and just love on them and just connect with them. Uh, maybe your group could go uh, to a laundromat and pay for people's laundry on a Saturday. Uh, or you could take donuts to a fire station or do a barbecue for police officers. Uh, schedule a time to take sandwiches to teachers at a local school. Rake leaves in a neighborhood. Fix a widow's fence. Uh, we could go on with ideas all day. The sky's the limit. When you open your heart to what God wants to do through you. And so I hope that you'll latch on to that. Another thing you can do is attend the Great Commandment, Great Commission Conference. And I've got information. It's coming up in June next year. Uh, we'll have information sheets uh, at the banquet tonight at the local peace table. And that's going to require some investment of time and resources but it could be a life-changing week for you. And I hope that you'll stop by and talk about that one. Another thing you could do is look for opportunities to share your personal testimony with people in the community. Uh, I talked about how Class 401 helps you to express 
how Jesus has changed your life and what he's done for you. And we should all be able to tell our testimony of what Christ has done for us. Uh, then the run steps. Uh, become a 101, 201, 301, or 401 ministry coordinator. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay. This is a detailed information sheet that you can get tonight. And I'll be at the local peace table, and I'd love to talk to you about it. And then here's another one. Serve those who are outside of your own people group. You know, we have more people groups here in our own community than we would normally think. And God wants us to find ways to connect with people that he's allowed into our lives. Centennial has a, a growing Spanish ministry. And we're so thankful for what they're doing. But, but we need to keep reaching further into our local people groups. And then consistently look for ways to connect people with God. And we've called this in the past saturation evangelism, using every available means to reach every available person at every available time. Don't overlook anyone. Every home, every heart needs Jesus. And we are called to saturate our community for Christ with contagious relationships that point people to Jesus. And so I hope you'll stop by the local peace table tonight. You can get your local peace plan sheet and start checking the boxes as you go through those steps. And then let's talk lastly about the global peace plan. All right, and, and this is a very important plan. We're going to start by talking about uh, the crawl step, make a faith promise giving commitment. In your bulletin today, you received a faith promise commitment card. And if you didn't receive one, uh, the ushers are going to have them for you. And let me tell you what faith promise is, because a lot of people have never heard of it. They have no idea what it is. Faith promise missions giving is an agreement between you and God that you will give a set amount each week or each month to global missions. This is above your regular tithes and offerings, and you'll do it as long as God will provide for you to do it. And at Centennial, we make these commitments every year at this time in November. Uh, in 2 Corinthians, Paul talked about the great faith of the churches in Macedonia. And he said, in their deep poverty, they had been willing to give beyond their ability because they had purposed in their hearts to give. And God had blessed them abundantly. And there are people who stretch to give to global missions. And I'm telling you, God blesses you in ways that you can't even imagine and that you can't even testify of because it's, it's such a huge blessing uh, that God is doing in your life. And, and we want to be like the people of faith in the New Testament when it comes to our giving to global missions. And so if you've never tried missions giving before, maybe God would allow you to start this year with, with $15 a week or $25 a week or $50 a week. Uh, maybe you've been doing it for a long time and God wants to increase your faith. And I pray that every person can have a part, including teens and children. And uh, let me talk through the commitment card with you for just a second, okay? Uh, if you notice at the top, there is no place for a name on here, okay? We're not checking up on you. This is an agreement between you and God. God can check up on your heart much better than we can. And, and so this is between you and God. We're going to have ushers as you go out today, standing in the back. And if you have time to complete this and you want to turn it in, this top part is the part that uh, you hand in. You keep the bottom part as a bookmark and a reminder. 
at it. Here's what it looks like. It says, by faith, I commit to give so much money per week or per month to the eternal cause of worldwide missions. The only reason why we ask you to even turn it in is so we can set a budget. Okay? And then, if you, this is your first time to do faith promise, we want you to check that uh, so that we can rejoice with you. We're excited that God's bringing new people into uh, faith giving. And, and then my faith is growing. I'm raising my commitment from a previous year. And we want to rejoice in that as well. And then sometimes we have you do the age down here because before we have had like nine-year-olds put like $300 a week. Uh, they thought they were putting $3 a week, but they put 300 And so then when we put that in the budget, it looks like, man, we could take on more missionaries. And then the money never comes in. So, uh, so that's why we do age. But uh, you can hand this in at the end of the service if you're ready to do that. Or you can hand it in at the global peace table tonight. Another thing you can do is regularly pray for our missionaries and missions projects. And we're going to have the list of our missionaries and mission projects at the peace table tonight. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's such a blessing to have the Johnsons with us today. Uh, they're missionaries to that needy country of Thailand. And Pastor Cole said this a while ago, but it, it's important enough to repeat. Uh, we should be supporting career missionaries as they reach across the world with the gospel because they're going and doing work that nobody else is doing. Uh, by the way, let's do something special for this family tonight. Stop by their display table at the Peace Banquet and get one of their prayer cards and meet them. And when you do, with your other hand, you hand them something that God wants you to hand them, a $20 bill or $50 bill, a $100 bill. And uh, let's bless them in the name of Jesus, okay, as they go out to do what God's called them to do. Uh, here's another step. And we showed this earlier with the powerful video. Consider sponsoring a child with Compassion International or a similar type ministry. And as we showed you the video this morning, I know some of you already have your own Compassion child. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the folks in here who help uh, Compassion children. Compassion is a very personal ministry for our family. Uh, our girls started sponsoring Angela a couple of years ago. And uh, Angela is the same age as Sophie, but she has the same birthday as autumn as far as month and day uh, so she's the same age as Sophie so they started sponsoring her and Angela lives in Honduras and she writes us and we write her and the girls write her letters and they give money uh, to for her to get a birthday present or Christmas present with mom and dad's help uh, mostly mom's help okay it's all mom's help um, <laughs> she's she's the one kind of running the show on that but our daughter autumn this year has been supporting her own compassion child yeah, for this last year, a young lady in the Dominican Republic named Alana. And Autumn, uh, she's in high school, she has a very part-time job, but she stepped out in faith to do this on her own, out of her own account. And we are encouraged by her faith in God on this. You can stop by the compassion table after church this morning or at the banquet tonight to get more information about Compassion International and we have about 30 children available today. Uh, you guys have got to see this guy. Uh, his name's Delsit, and he's about to have his third birthday, and he is from East Indonesia. He's the cutest kid ever. Uh, and then this is Dennis Mahunuzi, and he is from Uganda. 
and he was born in 2006, so he's about 12 years old. And so stop by and see the Compassion Kids uh, back at the table as you get a chance. If we run out, or if you want to do it a different way, some of our missionaries also have sponsorship opportunities for boys and girls in their orphanages, uh, like the Walkers in Mexico and the Stences family in Uganda and some other ones. So we'd love for you to help with that. Uh, we talked about Operation Christmas Child the last couple weeks, and we're thankful for having about 300 of those that are going out all over the world from Centennial. And what a wonderful gospel-centered ministry that is. Let's talk about the walk steps. If you desire to go around the globe with the gospel, it is crucial that you're already actively giving the gospel close to home. And so you should be actively involved in a personal peace plan and be actively involved in the local peace plan. Also, uh, follow missions updates and correspond regularly with missionaries. Uh, a lot of our missionaries now have their own websites or they have uh, where they can email you their letter every month and it's free to them. It doesn't cost them postage. And so get on those lists. Uh, lead your small group to send care packages to missionaries and mission projects as the Lord lays this on your heart. Let's talk about the run step. Begin saving and planning toward taking a global short-term mission trip. <clears throat> I know that uh, this is a big investment, and it's a, it's a big commitment. And I always think that, you know, one of the hardest things about the local or the individual peace plan is courage, right? Courage to talk to your neighbor, courage to talk to your friend, courage to talk to your coworker. Uh, I think that the local peace plan is, is more about coordination, getting together as a local church and doing things. Uh, but the global peace plan is really about commitment. You really have to step forward and commit uh, full force to get this done. And it's going to require some, some financial backing sometimes and financial commitment. Uh, our, my friend Jack down here, Jack Calhoun, he has shown me his book on uh, when he went to Russia on a short-term mission trip. And I'm telling you, it was life-changing to him. And it, he was already, uh, Jack was in his, was he in his 70s when he went to Russia? He was in his 80s when he went to Russia? Uh, so listen, there's no limit on what God can do through you. And it really was life-changing. He sit there and showed me every picture and talked to me about it. And what an amazing thing that was. And, and so you should begin saving and planning toward doing this. And we're going to tell you about some opportunities. But look, have a good financial and budgeting plan. Uh, if you're free from consumer debt, you're going to be, be available to do much more in the area of missions, whether that's missions giving or missions going. And, and make sure also that you're equipped with the tools from our personal plan and our local plan and our classes here at Centennial so that when you go, you can help equip other people who will equip other people. And we're laying out this detailed process of getting people all around the world, not just so we can spout out a number or say we did something. Uh, we aren't just sending people on exotic vacations and calling it missions. We want you to go and make an impact where you go. And, and to do that, get those tools ready. I promise you that once you go on a short-term mission trip, you're going to want to commit to going on additional trips as God provides for you to do that physically and financially. Now, let me tell you about our trips for 2019. In June of 2019, we have a teen trip 
to Dominican Republic. And you can stop by the global table at the local peace banquet or at the global table at the peace banquet tonight to get the details on this trip. Uh, if you're a young person who's going to be in ninth grade or above next fall, you should definitely pray about going on this trip. Parents, you should definitely pray about it. You're going to have to step out in faith, but God wants to do huge things in your life through this trip. And it, it is actually, we've got it to where it's in a pretty decent price range for young people to be able to raise the money to go. And so please check that out tonight. If you're an adult, uh, we have an adult trip to the Ukraine in October of next year. And this is such a cool trip. Uh, and we've also gotten it, it's actually cheaper, we think, to go on the Ukraine trip than it is the Dominican trip, which is absurd. Uh, but I think it's going to be the case because they've done so good with their local stuff of lodging and food that the, ch the price is cheaper in country. Uh, this is a partnership with a ministry named Eway English Ministries. And uh, almost all American adults are qualified for this trip because all you have to do is sit and have English conversations with people who they're trying to reach for Christ. The textbook they use every night is the Bible, right? The graduation is they put you in a church, a local church. And, and what you do is you go over for a whole week during the day. You go to schools, universities, uh, all out in the community, and you meet people. They come to a three-hour English class that night. You sit and talk with them and have conversations around the Word of God, around spiritual things, and they get to learn all the expressions that Americans say that nobody knows what they mean, right? Like uh, an iron in the fire, right? Or uh, I, I totally mangled this one in the first service, uh, one bird in hand is better than two in the bush. Did I say it right this time? Bird in hand is better than two in the bush? Nobody even knows this one? Did I do it better? I totally messed it up in the first one. But think of all those English phrases that you know, and when you go to a foreign country, they have no idea what you talked about. Right? They're just like, what does that mean? And I actually, I went to Ukraine last year, and I've got this Ukrainian teacher who emails me all the time with these phrases. He says, Tony, can you please explain to me what this means? And so I write it back. Okay, here's what it means. And I send it back to him. And our English class here at Centennial, our high school English, they record uh, kids speaking in English, reading a paper for him to use at his English classes. And uh, so this is a neat opportunity, uh, but it's next October we have got uh, incredible opportunity on prices, and so stop by and check that out tonight. That's Ukraine. Now, this one uh, is kind of a work in progress, but if you are interested in training church leaders with me, and this is going to be a, a several-year commitment in the darkest parts of the world, uh, stop by Global Peace tonight to talk about working in the Republic of Congo and training pastors there, and, I, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you there tonight. I know that we've given you all sorts of stuff, and I told you we were going to do this. And Pastor Cole told you we were going to do this. And some of you just look like you got hit by a hammer, right? That's, a, that's an English phrase, an American English phrase. You got hit by a hammer. In the Ukraine, they say, what does that mean? Uh, it means that you got information overload. And I told you that not everything is going to apply to you. 
but something we said is. And uh, not every plan fits every person. So we've got a lot of liberty in what we're doing here. But uh, let me reiterate this. It doesn't make much sense to commit to going on a global trip if you aren't first committed to personal and local peace for the people around you. Working with people in a distant land is never an excuse to hide the gospel from those closest to you. A global missions is not something we just pay other people to do. Giving is certainly important, but giving ourselves to reach others is the ultimate call of Jesus. Now, this is not a Jesus quote. Follow me and I will make you givers of money. Okay, that's not a Jesus quote. Now, he talks a lot about giving money, but here's what the actual quote was. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He wants to use us as his instruments in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. Personally, locally, and globally. We're going to have a commitment prayer. And if you have already filled out your faith promise, as you go out today, the ushers will be standing there. And you can tear off that top part. Uh, I know some people come. There are people who actually skip church on Mission Sunday because they don't want to have that paper in front of them. Um, there's no names on it. And by the way, it doesn't do anything for us here. When I'm talking about it, I'm talking about eternal rewards for you. That's what we're talking about. The more we are committed to global missions as a church, the more God blesses us in our local mission. And so I, as we pray this commitment prayer, I hope you'll sincerely ask God what you should do in some of these areas and then come tonight to the banquet and let's solidify it and let's move forward, okay? And we'll be here to answer your questions. God, I thank you.